Welcome to Random Mania Podcast, where we select a WrestleMania match at random, and then we talk about it. That's right, old wrestling. Old wrestling, for real this time. Old wrestling. My name is Brad. This is my show. Joining me is my co-host. It's also his show, my brother Matt. Wow, you got like you turned heel there on me for a minute. This is my show, damn it. We'll do what I want, damn it. Just because you're older than me doesn't mean you're better than me, Brett. Because you're not better than me. So that line's getting from me. It's got to come from me. I'm from my. But you didn't do it. You. But so I did it for you because I was. It's all good. Hey, it's good to see your voice and hear your voice and see your face and hear your voice on this lovely weekend day again. How's it going? Good, man. I'm excited. This is great. We got a really long match to talk about. Psych, <laughs> sonk. We have uh, a match to talk about, though. What is it, Matt? Hey, we got match number 26. It's from WrestleMania 3, held on March 29th, 1987, from the Pontiac Silverdome in Pontiac, Michigan, in front of 93,173. Give yourself a big hand. We have the Rougeau brothers against the Dream Team and Dino Bravo. Well, it is Dino Bravo, by the way, and... Uh, with, sorry, with Dino Bravo and somebody else? Yeah, Luscious Johnny V. Oh, yeah. Johnny V. I wrote down Jimmy Hart, and I don't know why. Well, I think you were just off by a couple of months. but A couple, couple that could be what it is. And, yeah, uh, yeah uh, actual uh, Rougeau brothers here, they are not fabulous yet. They are just the Rougeau brothers because they are good guys. Yeah, so they must have been new because that... <laughs> All I ever knew was the Rougeau brothers was the fabulous Rougeau brothers, and they were annoying ass heel tag team brothers that uh, were very good at being very grating. Correct? <laughs> totally. Funny you should bring that up about being new. Yeah, they were actually about a year in here, a little more than. I, was, I had February of '86 is when they made their uh, debut. Okay. So they're not they're not at WrestleMania two because I think they're too fresh. Unless they're in that battle royal, and I'm just forgetting that they're in it. But I don't think they are. I know, like, the bees are in it, and yeah. a couple of, like, all kinds Sam of random style, like, Ted Arcidi and, you know, yeah. Pedro Morales. I hope we get that match. But I don't know if these guys are in there, so, um... I yeah, don't either. They're about but, a year in. They had feuded with some just random folks in that first year, like, I don't even know who it was. I think maybe Nikolai or something. It wasn't anything major, because they aren't on any real major shows. Yeah, so I would, so ima- they I would imagine they, you know, were early in the card type tag team feature that would happen, you know, uh, on the road here and there. Uh, and this was a different era, obviously, where there was one pay-per-view per year at, at this yeah. point. So if you didn't, like, go see the shows, I don't know. There's not a lot. It's not like now where it's on it's five hours a week, three hours on Sunday, you know what I mean? So, who knows? They could have been employed and working on the road for a year and doing stuff. I don't know what they, you know, I didn't look it Truly, up. Truly, yeah, because they had, like, they had, like, uh, Saturday's main events for, like, a, you know, intermittent weekends during this time. And they had the syndicated shows. Like, I think they still had, like, Wrestling Challenge or something going on, right? They had to have. And Primetime, Tuesday Night Titans, something like that. Um, yeah, Tuesday Night Titans was going at this time. That was in 86. And then uh, Primetime time was more in the 90s, I think. But they definitely had different shows so i'm sure they were on here and there but like if i was really like doing my job if i was getting paid for this podcast i probably <laughs> would figure that out yeah and i did look up but that, i mean it was so nondescript on who they were feuding with that i didn't even bother to write it down so what does that tell you yeah. um however however Ooh. did you know that they actually won the tag team titles during that first year 
No. Maybe it was after this. It was at some point before the heel turn, they won the tag titles at like a house show. Maybe it was in Montreal. And it got reversed. Like something they called some kind of interference or something happened. I'm not sure. I think they used maybe Jimmy Hart's megaphone or something like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Something like this. And they won the titles and it got reversed and it's never, it's not recognized. But if I, if you go on Wikipedia, because you know, it's never wrong. It says it under the Rougeau's entrance. So, our entry on there, I should say. I think they're still baby faces at, Survivor Series in 87 here when they have the 10 on 10. I want to say they're on the babyface team. I may be wrong. I have no idea. But I know for certain, 100%, that at WrestleMania 4, their heels are in that battle royal. Okay, they yeah. Get announced. They, they get announced, and they have the flags, and they do the thing in the ring with the little flags. Yeah, because then, so. then they went on to become the, the All-American Boys. Is that what it was? Yeah. With yeah, Jimmy Hart. But they're from Montreal. Yeah. So, so, like, they said they've relocated to Memphis, and they live where, because that's where Jimmy Hart's from, and they, yeah. they're, they're real Americans, but they, they're French-Canadian, yeah. clearly. Very, that's what the whole thing was. Yeah, so that's, like... Uh, it was a great heel. They're much better heels than baby faces, let me tell you. I remember they'd, they'd do a move, and they'd nip up, and then you'd run over to jock, and then they'd hug each other when they're on the outside of the ring, and they'd clap, and they'd be really happy. Oh, yeah. And he'd do the flip over the ring. He'd be like, wait, 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 stop, 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 stop. And jock would do the front flip over the ropes and mm-hmm. land, and then be like, ah! It was... Yeah. That was really good. Yeah, we what I think a lot of us, or you and me, remember specifically is the Rouge, the fabulous Rougeos against the Hart Foundation. I believe it's at SummerSlam. Good match. Eighty-eight or eighty-nine? I think it's eighty-eight. And It'll be eighty-eight. Uh, yeah, it's a good long twenty-minute tag team match that kind of set the standard for what a tag team match should look like. It's I really think. good. It's really good. Just solid. Good crowd work. Solid moves. Selling. Comebacks, hot tags. The fabulous That's what wrestling should be. Yeah, being fantastic. Heels. Plus, their music. They sing their own music, which is always. We're all American boys. We're all American boys. I don't know the rest of the lyrics. I just know that part, but there's the part for you to. There's one. This classic Jimmy Hart fingers all over that song. Of course. Oh, hundred percent. Is that on a pile driver album? I don't know. I don't think it's on anything. I really don't. Oh, it'd be great if it would be great if it was. Yeah, because I don't I'm know where that album. Thought it would have come up in my life again more recently if it was on one of those because I was you know listen to podcasts like you know rating each of the albums type thing yeah I don't remember yeah. that coming up so I don't think it's on there we need to uh, we need to uh, look for that on vinyl man I need that pile driver album on vinyl so if you're out and about and down there in Nashville Tennessee look for that for me man I'll, okay whatever the price is buy it I'll if it's even if it's expensive I'll still pay for it. I'm mad because they used to at Grimey's over here. At their old location, they had a signed copy of Pile Driver signed by Hulk Hogan, like up on the wall. And it wasn't even that expensive. It was, you know, probably 50 bucks or something. But I was like, that's oh, a cool thing. Oh, I would have bought that in a heartbeat. Yeah. Now, Sorry. 10 years Sorry. later, I'm like, yeah, I really should have picked that up. Yeah. Demolition's on there, man. Slick. Look, look, beware. And sign. Anyway, uh, the Dream Team, however, their opponents here. The Dream Team is Greg the Hammer Valentine and Brutus the Barber Beefcake. Yeah. So They're around for a while. Yeah. A couple so years, is, I'd say. Of course, when this happened live in 1987, this is before I watched wrestling, right? So this was... I knew... Uh, not Coco. I must say Coco. I knew Brutus Beefcake as Brutus the Barber Beefcake and Greg the Hammer Valentine's two separate entities completely. I, and then when I found out, like, going back, like, oh, they were a tag team for, like, a while, right? They were a tag team. Yeah. They were two and three. Yeah, they're a while. Like, and, and they were a tag team, I think, even before that. No, I know, because I think... 
Yeah, because they still did single stuff, because Valentine was IC champ at WrestleMania 1, and Beefcake wrestles David Sammartino on 1, and I think it's not too long after that that they hook up. Yeah. It's... I don't. I wish I knew the genesis of them becoming a tag team too. Maybe it has something to do with Luscious Johnny V because he may have been the manager of both of them individually and then put them together. He's like, I this have these two superpowers team. and this is my dream team. And he's a good talker. He does the classic '80s promo talking. Did you see the? I mean, they cut a promo when we get to in the thing. So yeah, <laughs> it's, it's the, great. He pointed his little fingers out of his head. I don't. Know I don't even is. know. It's an '80s thing. I have no idea. I have no idea. But I think, no, you know what? Actually, Hammer had Captain Lou, too, for a manager. And maybe, some, I think something happened where, like, Captain Lou sold the contract to Valiant, and that's when they put them together as a team or something like that. I know somehow Captain Lou is involved with Valentine here. I just don't exactly remember how. Uh, Jimmy Hart was with them, too. Yeah. For sure. And then and Valiant, maybe Valiant. I'm not really sure how it all comes into play, but there's like three managers. Yeah, I know Jimmy Hart and Brutus Beefcake probably went to crossover due to the results of the end of this match, Jimmy Hart not being with them yet. Plus, he cut his hair the next year, I'm pretty sure, at WrestleMania 4. Right? So. Yeah, that sounds right. I think, I just, I, my, my brain is telling me that, like, Jimmy Hart might have had the hammer. So, I think Hammer had Captain Lou. And then Jimmy Hart took over for Captain Lou, and then Jimmy Valiant took over for Jimmy Hart. And then Valiant already had Beefcake, so we put them together as the dream team. Okay. I'll buy I that. I think that's what it was. I think that's what it was. And Hart gets involved later with the Rougeos, which is great. Anyway. That's true. That's very true. <laughs> so, yeah, Dino Bravo here, though, comes out with the dream team and with Johnny V. No, I think he's pretty fresh, fresh and new in the Fed at this point. Dino? Yeah, gotta be. Yeah, I think he's pretty fresh. Yeah, he feels like he's an not, add-on. Yeah, I think, and 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 I don't know how if maybe he's got fucking Johnny V as his manager too. I'm guessing. I I assume when he comes, well, in, I guess Dino can't really talk. Yeah, I guess. I mean, he can talk in French, obviously. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I assume he was new, part of the new guy in the stable type situation, and uh, yeah, because I don't. What, I don't know enough about Dino Bravo's career to tell you how long he was before that. But I can tell you how it ended. Mm. Why don't you? With a, with a bullet to the head. Actually, like 11 of them. So. Yeah, he got shot up at his home. Mob style, man. Mob style. He was involved with cigarette smuggling, if I remember. Smuggling cigarettes, yeah. Yep. Uh, and, uh, uh, you know, shit gets out of hand sometimes. If you don't pay them, they're going to get their money or you're going to die. What did yeah, we learn so today, folks? To don't Dino smuggle Bravo. cigarettes in the Canada. It should be. It's a, did they ever do any episodes on that? That should be an episode. Yep, that's the Dark Side of the Ring. Okay. It is. Okay, well, I it's should, a good one too. It probably is. I should go watch it anyway. And you should go watch it. It's advice. They have a new thing called the Territories too. I know where they I have a bunch of people. I've, I'm about. I'm. I'm like uh, maybe 20 minutes into the Memphis Territory one. It's got Lawler, Jerry Jarrett, Jim or Jeff Jarrett. Who the fuck's Jim Jarrett? Jim Jarrett. I don't even know who that is. Uh, Lawler. I said that. Jarrett's. It's got Dale Jarrett. Oh, <laughs> Bobby Jarrett. I don't even know who that is. I'm just going to start. Tim Jarrett. Anyway, uh, that's fun to watch too. The Rougeos don't even have shit on their tights here. They don't even have no little French things. What are those called? Fleur de Lis. Fleur de Lis. There you go. They don't have those on there. They're just plain old baby faces. Yeah. And it's pretty fucking boring, and they're already in the ring. They don't even get an entrance. Poor old baby faces. But who does and get an entrance is the Dream Team, despite 
lack of entrance music, so it's like they just get wheeled out on the uh, on the old tram there to nothing. Yeah, and they cut a pro they cut a pre tape promo they put on the screen of Valent of the whole Dream Team, all three of them, yeah. and uh, Jimmy Valent is like trying to speak French. At the end, he says "Qu'est-ce que c'est?" He's just yelling at the camera. Yeah, um, but it makes sense. Like it's a it's an I mean I it's enough. It I don't think it makes sense. Uh, maybe it's in either. I don't know. It was pretty bad. It's pretty bad. But the dude's got style, and the dude's got like you know, uh-huh. kind of got the it factor. So it makes you kind of go, "Oh, this fucking guy." I hope these dudes get their ass kicked. True, so, yeah. that works. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. Uh, Bobby. He nope. Sorry, Jesse the Body Ventura Gorilla Monsoon on headset as normal for WrestleMania three. Did you get for one sixth of all WrestleManias? You get that. Uh, less than that now, I think. Yeah, probably less than that now. Um. Good little cheer, though, for the Rougeos when they get introduced by the Fink. Sure. Maybe there's plenty of Canadians in Detroit, right next to uh, Canada. Yeah, Wind, been... Windsor. You kind of sounded like you were from Canada. That's why I said second. it that way, you know. Oh, hey, maybe from, from Canada. Canada, you know. You're from Canada. <laughs> Unless you're from Toronto, then you say Toronto. Yeah, hey, you're from Toronto, you know. Where are you from? From Toronto. Uh, but they're not Toronto here. They're in Detroit here. Uh, just over the, over, the, over the border there. Yeah. Uh, how are you now? Good and you. Not so bad. We're off the rails. We are off the rails. <laughs> so, uh, Mean Gene also is lucky enough to get the guy, to be the guy interviewing those guys backstage too. And it's probably the best part of that whole promo because he's just calling out Jimmy Valiant on his shit, which is pretty great. Or Johnny Valiant, sorry. Jimmy Valiant's his brother at the Boogie Woogie Man. I'm going to probably do that 10 times during this thing. This is Luscious Johnny. Luscious Johnny. That's how you Not actual it. brothers, just so we're on the same page. There was another Valiant, too. Not a brother there, either. So, you know, they were just <laughs> blonde. And they all were all tall and blonde, so they put them together, and then they were WWF Tag Team Champions a bunch of times. So, like, if you're tall and ugly, you're a Wyatt. This is you're, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're, yeah, you have a beard and you're tall. Go with that guy. Yeah, <laughs> pretty, yeah pretty spot on pretty there. Much. Um Brutus Beefcake here sporting the old cut-up attire, though. He's still looking like he's in barber-ready. His hair is like, got a funky haircut. They even make reference to his odd haircut at the start of the match. So he's a uh, hammer with that beautiful robe, by the way. The red, white, and uh, black one. Yeah, it gets a lot of attention from Jesse or, or from... Yeah, and... Uh... And they start talking about Jesse's. Uh, he said, "You never wore anything like that." And he's like, "Well, it was Boa season or something like that." Yeah, it was always Boa season. Yeah, and he actually brought up the name with the East West Connection, which is cool. Right, exactly. You know, and you know who his partner was in the East West Connection? Oh well, uh, no, Adrian Adonis. Adrian Adonis, which is why Adonis is from New York and Fenter is from California, so that's East West Connection. Right. Pretty fun. Also right? fun to think. I remember also they when they introduced. These guys that drink time. I always forget that the hammer's from Seattle. And I, and I remember Brutus Beefcake was on being billed to be from San Francisco, but I don't think he was. I'm pretty sure he's from Tampa. I think they're all from Tampa, probably. <laughs> yeah, they're all, yeah, probably. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, good point. Yeah, that's the old school stuff that remember how you remember where guys are from? Like, remember when the Warrior for a while was billed from Queens, New York? No, but I he was. Really. Then he went to Parts Unknown, but for initially it was Queens, New York. Dude's never lived in New York a day in his life. Yeah. <laughs> Parts unknown. Like Jesse Ventura is not from Ventura. He is not from Ventura. Yeah. Hogan's not from Venice Beach. I don't think The Undertaker is from uh, Death Valley, nor is Cactus Jack from from Truth or Consequences. These are also not real people. They're fake people, by the way. I also don't think that uh, Dexter Loomis is from uh, Recluse, Wyoming. I do think that Orange Cassidy is from wherever. Yeah. Wang. 
Whatever. <laughs> Let's get back on track here because we need to talk about the Federettes. Okay, yes, yeah, so the Federettes. I was uh, I was looking at the Federettes. I was like, okay, that didn't last long. There's no, it's I. It's really weird. Where do they come from? Whose idea was this? How long did they last? I do know that the purple attire worn here by the Federettes is new for this event. So whatever they wore previous to WrestleMania 3 is not the purple. There are photos if you Google them. I think mostly they're like gold and white, I think. But there's not a lot out there about the Federettes. It just looks like random local girls that they have hired to be out there doing pulling the rope down. I don't know. It's weird. Well, you know, there's a lot of history of ring girls, you know, uh, boxing and all that. I've had ring girls forever. It's not unlike a company to introduce... Something like this, especially with somebody to grab the robe that's better than the dude taking the timekeeper, I guess. It's not like they yeah, were like in bikinis and shit. They were just like girls. So I, I don't know. I'm, I guess I'm all for women's employment. So, you know. Uh, so they, they came up and then disappeared. I was just like, I wonder if there's more to that. But I guess there probably isn't. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I couldn't find anything if there is anything. Right. Like, I can't cite another event that they're at. Yeah. I mean, there aren't a whole lot at this time. I guess when I watched the big event on the network, I didn't notice if they were there or not. It's the only about, the only other event on Peacock, like, from this time. Yeah. They're not at Survivor Series. Yeah. So, so I guess, I don't know, they got sick of paying there. So, anyway. <laughs> yeah, probably just not at an expense that you don't need, you know what I mean? Yeah, so a hammer, uh, beautiful robe. Uh, yeah, like you said, Bruce Beefcake still wearing those, or is now, I don't know if that is new, wearing the, the pants with the holes in them. I don't know if he had many holes. I think they were just progressively yeah. getting bigger and bigger and bigger to the point where he's barely wearing pants in about a year and a half. All right. Well, anyway, so uh, the match itself starts, and... Um, Rujo's uh, looking athletic, though. Rujo's mm-hmm. looking younger, athletic, bouncing around, looking good, mm-hmm. flip-flop flying, doing some top rope stuff, middle rope good. stuff, leg drops, arm drags, looking okay here. Good drop kicks in there somewhere. Good drop uh, kicks, leg drops. Good house of fire situation for 87 no wrestling. Drops. I don't think those For 87 good. wrestling. No, no, leg drop. Can't steal Hogan's move, brother. Doesn't work uh, for me, There was brother. a double leapfrog in there, and then it ended in a, uh, I don't know. Yeah, kind of just like a drop kick or something. Uh, yeah. You know, at one point, one of those Rujos gets the wedgie of the ear when he gets gorilla pressed by the his tights. Does he? Oh yeah. Didn't didn't see it. Yeah, That's... yeah. I think he's pressed by Beefcake real quick, and it just he's just got his, his, over his ass. He's got his tights up, and then by the chest, and he just lifts them that way. Yeah. And poor Rujo had nuts ripped off. Yeah, that's not fun. <laughs> not fun at all. Um, hammer gets the happy hammer slaps on the figure four. That was cool to see. We got a little figure four action from the hammer. True. That was his finisher, right? So we could talk about the moves that are in the match because then after that they they go for the big uh, move and, and <laughs> Dino Bravo comes in and slams him, reverses the pin and it's over, which is fine. Um, but during this match, about halfway through, Bobby the Brain Heenan shows up in the commentary booth of WrestleMania three and completely derails the entire focus of uh, of Gorilla and Jesse because he starts saying, <laughs> yeah, "I am two for two. I am two for two. And so they start talking about the previous matches of the night. They start talking about what's to come later because the Andre match. It feels like the commentary group, this is now designed to give perspective and give uh, before and after. Not necessarily what's going on in the ring at all. Why would they do this during this match if this match matters? doesn't. I don't think the match matters. Yeah, so I think that's the bottom line. I the think point, the match right? doesn't the match doesn't matter. Yeah, so I, the end of the match matters, which we'll get to in a second. Yeah. Like what happens there. Yeah. Um, but the match doesn't matter. Plus, you're gonna get Bobby on because he's gonna probably. He, I mean, he starts transitioning and doing commentary. 
not too long after this. So, Correct. Um, it's good to get him on headset and get his perspective, you know, and it's pretty, it's just fun to have him up there, and it just hypes up Andre beating Hogan, you know, that's what they're trying to get to, is the Hogan-Andre mm-hmm. thing. I mean, Hogan's promo for the night is right before this match we're talking about here, by the way. Hogan's exactly. promo is right before it. So this is now and they're so starting to build kind of the counter. This is the counter to Hogan's promo, is Heenan coming in and talking about how Billy Jack Haynes didn't lose, and the other one didn't lose. They even bring up, what about Bundy? He goes, I wasn't out there for Bundy. I don't go around mid- I don't I don't go around midgets. <laughs> I don't like midgets. I don't like midgets. <laughs> it's just so funny because he just blatantly called out to his face. What about Bundy? <laughs> I wasn't out there for Bundy. I don't go around midgets. That's pretty awesome, or something like that. But oh. yeah, uh, it's, I mean, it did kind of help make this more palatable. You know what I mean? Correct. Having this match because it's yeah. without this. Yeah, but at least with it, it's going to get at least a half bump for me because Heenan gets involved. So, you know what I'm saying? Um, and I know you kind of glossed over the actual end of the match. Do you have more Heenan stuff you want to talk about? No, that was it. You kind of glossed over the end of the match. It is important to bring up that Brutus does like hit the hammer at one point. So Brutus hits his partner right. and knocks Valentine kind of loopy and get that out there. Then they do the dick slam, as I wrote down. Where then, the dick you know, slam, right. I couldn't think of slams him with his dick. It. Holds yeah. him up like the heart attack, but jumps off the top rope and hits him straight in the chin with his dick. Yeah. Knocks him, <laughs> knocks him unconscious. Got to be the dick slam. Yeah, the Rougeau dick slam. Anyway, uh, that brings Dino involved. He kind of jumps on the apron, uh, distracts the referee, and we get some double team and dream team wins. After Bravo comes off the uh, middle rope with a forearm, double axe handle smash, whatever. Four minutes twenty two seconds. The dream team wins. Four minutes, bra. Twenty two seconds. Four minutes and 22 seconds. And it felt like four minutes and 22 seconds. Because it was over. I was like, oh, it's over. Um, it was over. But then, yeah. So the the, the, the the next big thing is actually quite pivotal, I would say. Uh, yeah. That this is why this match is on the card. The Dream Team leaves Brutus behind. They leave him in the ring. They're leaving without him. They're kicking Brutus to the curb. We don't need you anymore. I saw my new Dream Team, which is actually what they were. They were the new Dream Team. It was oh. Valentine and Bravo. It didn't last long, but they did. Um, but yeah, they uh, leave Brutus in the ring, and he's not beat up. He's just out there and hanging out. And yeah, like not. And that's they kind of cut, and now we're on to the Piper match. And we've had the Roddy Piper Adrian Adonis match, which is following this. Go find that in the archives. It's a great episode. Yeah, it's a good episode. We talk about a lot in that. That's get some good good stuff in there. So hang yeah. out on, hang on, listen to that one. But uh, Brutus hangs at ringside here, and then at the end of the match, cuts Adrian Adonis's hair. Hence now, moniker the Barber is born. Yeah, so if you're listening to these episodes in the order in which the matches happen, we just spoil the next match for you. Oh, fuck, sorry. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Okay. You shouldn't do that. I'm just gonna, it's gonna well, be- we kind of have to talk about it, because, I mean, this is like a launching pad yeah. for Brutus. So, yeah, Brutus this puts gets him in, like, he's got an Intercontinental title match. The next The year. next WrestleMania. Yep, correct. And, he's, and, he's- the next, and at SummerSlam, and he's in a big match at 6. Mm-hmm. Like, he's a thing, man. He's in a tag he's, match, title match at 9. He starts tagging with Hogan in 89. At the height of Hogan's powers, right when he won the oh, ball that, back, you know and they're I mean? friends, they're yeah, buddies. That's, that's beefcake, so he's pushing for beefcake. So that Hogan's the man. Now he's kind of been there a couple of years. He can start pushing his buddies. It's always going to happen. That's why they have it the job happens. too. That's why they have the fucking job. So beefcake's there. I mean, they were kayfabe brothers like in the late seventies when they started together. So sure. I, I put I actually somewhere on our Instagram as well. I have a picture of them together. Oh, because the brother thing, the brother thing, kayfabe brothers. Remember that was a thing for a minute. I actually saw Brutus Beefcake and Greg Valentine tag together oh 
Dream Team live in person in Marquette, Michigan uh, in like 1999 against Sabu and somebody else. I can't even remember. Oh my God, I forgot they were there. Yes. And they wouldn't sign your sign or take a picture when they were walking out because uh, they had a, you had a chance to pay and they said, where were you when I was in the ring or something like that? Or should have paid the 20 or something like that? There was some kind of thing that happened. Correct. So on the way into the show, everyone had their gimmick table set up around the uh, where you walked in and you could buy headshots and everything. I didn't buy shit. Uh, and then at the end of the show, we all waited for autographs outside of the locker room which was kindly obliged by Sabu. He apologized for the horrible show. Uh, we said, we came here to see you. He said, sorry to disappoint you. Yeah, um, that's a bummer, man. Great, because the match was shit, right? So the, they went to do a table spot, and the table didn't break. And, so, oh. and then, like, Valentine and Beefcake, after whatever, kind of had settled, just left the ring. And Sabu wanted to put somebody through a table because everyone's here for it. And so then he grabbed the referee, put the referee through the table because the other guys wouldn't come back out, even though we're all screaming for them to come back out. Yeah. So the whole thing was shit. And it would be great on Botchamania if somebody recorded it. <laughs> oh. And so, yeah. So anyway. And then you think I, they just refused to go through the table? Well, they just were done. They were done now for this shit. So, um, <laughs> so I remember hey, standing over by the, the locker rooms as they were leaving, and they actually left first. I remember Greg Valentine leaving with a giant stogie sticking out of his mouth. They both had their rolly bags. We're like, can we get an autograph? And they're like, I could have got you. Where were you before the show? Or were we ever doing that before the show? And they just left, walking up past all those kids. I was like, wow, asshole. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Old-timer dicks. And then yeah. since Sabu, he said, we got to wait for Tataka because his hair was drying, and if he doesn't dry it right, it wouldn't come out. So... <laughs> I don't know. That's, that's all I remember. And then we took a picture of the entrance and left. But anyway, so I saw them in person. They weren't very nice. So half an HBK. <laughs> good transition. Dynamite. That was really good. You brought it back. I like it. Uh, I will also give it a half. Thank you, Bobby Heenan. Yeah, thank you, Bobby Heenan. Otherwise, this is a zero. But Bobby Heenan on is, I mean, the, the, yeah, but beyond being interesting to talk about the Rujos, you know, non-heel Rujos, there's not a lot of opportunities to do that. True. And they were athletic in the ring. They did do the big face fuck. That was a good move. <laughs> the dick slam. <laughs> dick slam. It's got to uh, be the dick slam. So, yeah. Yeah, that was cool. Uh, I mean, so yeah, Brutus Babyface turned, and I think the Dream Team, Valley doesn't, isn't along very much after this either. He's released pretty soon or gets fired or requested or something, and then, yeah, yeah no, I... Uh, not along long, I know that, because I don't barely know his work at all, so... Hammer's there off and on till through, like, 94. Yeah, he's for sure. Yeah, I mean, even as a we're talking 87 here. Yeah, yeah he's, got, he's in 94 Rumble. You want to talk about runs, too. Let's talk about Jacques Rougeau's run, right? So he came in in, in, in 86, right? So 86. after the, after the Rougeau brothers run, Ray Rose uh, retires or whatever, Jacques yep. gets on his own, gets the Mountie gimmick, right? I'm the Mountie! I'm handsome! I'm handsome. Hey, I'm strong! I'm the Mountie! Mountie. Ride the horse the wall! But you can never hide Because the bounty Always So it's exciting and great Because Jacques Rougeau got to sing His own entrance music at least three times <laughs> no, That's uh, and in, true And in none of them 
was he a very good singer? So that's part of like the heat that he would get from it, right? So of Holy course, shit, he did three theme songs! They sang All American Boys. He sang I'm the Mountie. And then later on, my favorite, when he got with Pierre Carolette, or whatever they call themselves. Um, that was it. Yeah, they were the Quebecers. And they were not the Mounties. We're not the Mounties! But we enforce the <laughs> We're not the Mounties! Oh, they stopped it. They put like a cease and desist thing out there. So they just said, we're not the Mounties. And it was okay. It was legally fine. Even though they still dress like them. They, had, so, they were tag champs a couple times too, just for the record. Sure, so like, right. Jacques Rougeau, right. no I, Intercontinental title too, by the way, as the Mountie. Mm-hmm. That's a run. Mm-hmm. Bret Hart and Owen Hart wrestled the Quebecers at Royal Rumble 94. Leading the whole Bret Hart and Owen Hart uh, feud into 94. Kicked off with a title match, I'm pretty sure, wasn't it? Against the, against the Quebecers. Against, was, like a Canadian. Yeah. Well, yeah, they, okay, then, so they do their run. Then they go to WCW, and they're the amazing French Canadians. Yes, right. Very much And so. they come back to the WWF, because they're in the Battle Royal at WrestleMania 14 in 1998, 11 years after this. Yeah. It doesn't end there, folks. No, Jacques it doesn't. Rougeau, Jacques is not the only one because Ramon did French announcer for the WWE for 20 years for the 20 time for 20 years every time they had the French announce team yeah it was uh, the other guy and Ray Rougeau and I was like hey yeah. and not to mention another thing Jacques Rougeau trained Kevin Owens that's true too so that's, yeah thanks well, yeah, Jacques Rougeau a bit. and he knocked out and and he fucking knocked out the dynamite kid in the most infamous backstage thing ever with a roll of quarters in his hand. You know what? He had it coming. So, um, yes, he did, because he was a dick. Yeah. So, anyway, that is the career trajectory of the Rougeaus and Jacques Rougeau, specifically, and Raymond as well. Uh, and well, then, I don't know. Are there any, well, yeah, I guess there are other opportunities to have WrestleMania matches with these guys in it, too. So well, we'll, at least we'll we ran recap through the that again. Thing. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, I just want to throw out that, like, this. Was the first kind of big match for the Rougeos of like, all right, and there's a little rocket up their ass after this for quite a number of years. Made a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So. Yep. Absolutely. But that's, we got to pick one for next time, I think, though. Yeah, we do. We definitely do. All right, let's do that. So uh, while we get our lists and all that ready, why don't you go over to Facebook, give us a follow and a like at Random Mania Podcast. We're on Twitter at Random Mania Pod. It doesn't get used, but just jump on there. Sometimes I retweet some things. Maybe we'll see what happens. And Random Mania Podcast on Instagram is the way to go for the most up-to-date information, knowledge, and when we're posting new shows, when we record it. I'm trying to get better with some more photos on there. So rock that out. Are you ready? I am ready. Ah, we're going to pick a match between 0 and 388 because there are 388 matches on the main cards of all WrestleManias. We don't do that pre-match bullshit, but we might if we get 0 because we could pick anything WrestleMania related. Almost anything uh, WrestleMania related, so we'll figure that out when that never happens. Are you ready? You're ready again. I'm ready. 113. 113, I had it up. 113 is Alundra Blaze. Versus uh, Leilani Kai WrestleMania from WrestleMania 10. 10. I don't want to do this show anymore. I want to get a good match. Can we get a good match somewhere in here? Okay. I just want to get a good match eventually. Can we do that? Because this is not a good match. Okay, give us a good one. 
instead. I mean, do you, I think I know who wins this match. I definitely know who wins this match. And, like, the other chick was literally in the first WrestleMania. I don't think... Let me check something. Keep This is staying in. This, none of this is going out. It's a three-minute match. We're picking another one. We're doing a twofer. Ready? Twofer. Ready. 248. 248. 248? Yes. That's my car rider number. Um, 248 is Matt Hardy versus Jeff Hardy. Oh, is this like WrestleMania 25? 25. Hey, much better. All right, we'll do two for. We're going to do. We're gonna get that Alundra Blaze one just done to knock that out. Sure. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. Well, Linda we'll, Blaze we'll, we'll, and Leilani Kai from 10 and Matt Hardy versus Jeff Hardy from 25, which is... That's a good one. Yeah. I've seen it, but it's been... Yeah, uh, definitely. Since, I'm excited to watch since, it again. Yeah. I haven't seen yeah. 25 since I watched 25 when 25 was new, so... Because this is... Two, what year would... Well, this would be 2009? Mm, yes. Okay. Yep. Because 23 was an 07 in Detroit. That's what was my barometer. All right. Well, hey, man. That's freaking cool. That's how. Yeah. Seriously, that's how I do it. Because that's the only one I could have had a chance to go to and never went. Because I'm an idiot. Anyway. Well, that's next time. But this one. <laughs> this one's over. Yeah, it's over. We did it. And I want to congratulate the Dream Team. Specifically, that dream, to have the Dream Team that didn't get kicked out. Well, I guess specifically the Hammer and Dino Bravo. Because I don't think Bruce Beefcake... I mean, he won, but he kind of almost lost it for They him. got kicked out. Well, Dino's not in the match, so I think it's just Hammer. Okay, just Hammer. Congratulations to the Hammer. They don't have music. What are you going to even do? I don't know. Figure it out. Well, Dino Bravo... Figure surprise me. Okay. I'll try it. We'll see what I find. Uh, as far as uh, the Rougeau brothers go... You're fired! I don't want to say you're fired in French. I should have looked that up. Oh, my God. You're fired, man! How do you say you're fired in French? You're fired in French is. Tu es viré.